Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Tonight, on the Saturday Night Freak Show, in the year 2047, a group of astronauts are sent to investigate and salvage the long-lost starship Event Horizon. The ship disappeared mysteriously seven years before on its maiden voyage, and with its return comes even more mystery as the crew of a rescue ship discover the real truth behind the Event Horizon's disappearance and something even more terrifying it. Event Horizon. From 1997. Hi, I'm Colin, and welcome back to the Saturday Night Freak Show. I'm surrounded by a bunch of freaks, including... Brent. Tom. And Randy. Randy, what the hell? Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. And tonight we watched the Event Horizon, Paul W.S. Anderson's uh, epic space horror, science fiction horror movie, brought to us by Brent. Brent, why did you choose Event Horizon? Um, I, I chose Vent Horizon as, like, it was a, I guess, what would you call it? a jerk reaction to, a knee-jerk <laughs> reaction to uh, last week's uh, pick, Colin, <laughs> Colin put us through Life Force, which I had some problems with. So, I wanted to watch a film that I, the place that I thought Life Force was going and it didn't go, um, is basically Vent Horizon. So, I thought, what the hell? Why not show Event Horizon? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, and then I realized I'm not going to get another pick for seven weeks, and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did I choose yeah. Event Horizon? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was fun, though. Scheduling it's, difficulties. It's a fun space movie. There's space dementia. There's paranoia. There's all sorts of goodies in this film. And I thought, uh, yeah, I thought... We well, Tom, you had never seen it. No, so no, I had never seen it. I thought Tom needed to be subjected to it, and Randy and Colin, you guys said it's been a while, right? Yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah, been quite a period of time since we indulged the old event time. horizon. Well, I got a question then, since Tom is a fan of horror films, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well documented. Uh, how did it play as a horror film? How did it play as a horror film? I don't know. It, I don't know. It was awesome. Uh, was it scary? I guess that's what I was going for. Was it scary? Did it fulfill its obligation as a horror film? I don't know, man. I don't know. Did you jump? No. No. See, but it's not really a jump horror. Is this movie uh, guilty of the special effects being dated? Does that get in the, in the way of the scariness of this film? Um, no, no, I mean, there's special effects that are dated, but they're just, they're just, it's really stupid special effects that are dated, it's just like, like a cup floating through space, or just the way they do some of the, some of the shots, but it doesn't affect the... like mid-90s composites, like digital composites. Yeah, it it doesn't really affect any of the the horror factor, and it doesn't really take, I mean... So something else diluted the horror factor. Not the special effects. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a bunch of loud, because I was watching, I mean, they had your your prerequisite, like, loud noises. Yeah. Musical stingers. 
I figured for sure there were scenes when, you know, it was all in the dark and there's people stumbling around with flashlights and the flashlights would go out. And then the spooky, you know, eyeless, you know, I, uh, chick would show up and... I don't know, I just... I think I think I think I just thought the movie was super generic. I guess. And that, like, so you you weren't. Uh, oh, well, I don't know. I'm prodding. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't involved in the in the in the story, or you weren't involved. No, in no, the... I was involved in the story. I mean, I I, I I was paying attention the whole time. I was like fully engaged. I I just I thought it was like super trote and super just generic. So the scares didn't work because. Because I've seen all that coming? shit for a, like oh, a thousand okay. times, okay. yeah. Okay. In various ways, shapes, or forms. Gotcha. It didn't really do anything unique. Nothing unique. Did it freak yeah. you out, Randy? No, it didn't freak me out. There were a couple little jump moments, but I think it was more from me, the like shiny, bright, like, oh, ah, more yeah. than anything that would get me. But I don't know, I, th- I think I... I have trouble with sci-fi horror. Yeah, like I just what? like I'm just constantly thinking, okay, this is science fiction. Okay, it's horror. It's trying to be science fiction horror. I don't know, just I don't like the two blended together too well. At least in this. What about episode. Alien? Alien. Far different league. Like it was. Alien was good, but it it, it felt like that could actually. Say actually happened, but it just seems more believable than mm. what they did in Event Horizon. It's just Event Horizon, then nothing really gets explained, and I think that's like the mystery that. Well, they're kind of on this ship that <laughs> they early on in the film. Uh, Sam Sam Neil Sam Neil mm-hmm. plays the Doctor, who he also basically created the Event Horizon ship. He he created what makes it work, and when the event horizon works, it's it's traveling through space and time um, instantaneously. Because if you've ever seen uh, like <laughs> documents on like string th- or paper, th- I'm going to call it paper black hole theory. Let's call it where you travel from one point in space and time to another point instantaneously. That's a wormhole. Like through a wormhole. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a lot better. <laughs> it's a it's a wormhole. And uh, so the doctor, he's explaining it to the crew because basically this there's a search and rescue crew going to find out what happened to the ship, the Event Horizon, which mysteriously disappeared on its travels to somewhere. They they said where it was going. Tom had mentioned well, that. So they sent it out film. to like engage the whatever the Singularity Drive, and once it did, it disappeared. Yeah, and yeah. like seven years later, it mysteriously pops back up. They, they, I mean they. They do say where it's going because they're they're playing a captain's log. During the captain's log, he's saying, we made it out to the spot that we need to go to. We're about to engage the drive and go to, and I don't even know the name of it. It's like, it gets, has like a... It might have been Alpha Centauri. It looks like Alpha Centauri Quadrant 7 or something like that. It's like a fairly generic (laughs) sci-fi name, you know, and... um, (laughs) And then the the signal kind of gets garbled and stuff like that. But, I mean, obviously, where it goes is not... See, like, that. I mean, that's kind of the problem that I guess I have. It's like, it's like, where it goes, according to the story, is not relevant at all. Like, the director doesn't really care where it goes, because it, it goes anywhere. 
But like me, I want to know where did it go. Yeah. I don't. I don't care about the spaceship. I don't care about the fact that they're floating outside of Neptune. I want them to go to the other place. I want to see that other place. Yeah. Oh. And the fact that they never explain <laughs> it, or the fact that they never go there, like totally just sucks. Like a well, lot of it out of it. They, they kind of explain it in in the sense that uh, what where they thought they were going through this and this reality in this universe, they they thought that like they're you know the ship and they plugged in the coordinates and they're going to go to Alpha Centauri, let's say. But what happens is creating this black hole. It actually takes it burns a hole through our universe and takes us into a new dimension, which one could call hell. Or, you know, a dimension of chaos. Yeah, I think they refer to it as chaos in the <laughs> Where movie. apparently everybody's having, like, crazy blood orgies and stuff like that. But, I, uh, yeah, and I understand why Tom has a problem with this, because you've, we've talked before, and you always talk about how you like the world that the movie creates. And this movie doesn't really create a world. That's why it feels so generic. It's kind of, it's well, yeah, just I mean, like, I, on this ship. T- to me, it, it just feels super generic, because, I mean, I guess, like... I mean, I play a lot of video games, and, like, I've seen, like, these storylines that this movie presents, like, in, like, tons of video games, and... Yeah. And I can't even say that, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's... They got that from Event Horizon, because Doom, okay, the classic (laughs) video game Doom pretty much does that. They're they're on Mars. Portal to hell. They do a portal to hell, boom, everything goes crazy. You know, you arrive on the spaceship, soon everything's normal, you know. And then, like... The doom being is that the demons are actually running around on the spaceship. Right, yeah, okay. And then there's, like, I mean, Dead Space kind of takes some stuff from it. Obviously, Dead Space is newer. But, I mean, like, even, like, you know, I mean, this story is, you know, it kind of goes back to, like, you could do this story on, like... You know, I mean, even somewhat of, like, Dracula kind of riffs on it. It's like, it's like, hey, we discovered this ship, whether it's a, you know, anything. It could be, like, a sea ship. Well, yeah. And hell has been unleashed, or it's, something's happened that's terrible, and we discover it. And, and, like, oh, no, the rescue ship, that gets destroyed, so that they're all trapped there, and... You know, like, things go wrong. It's just like a... I don't know, I've seen those stories, like, a yeah. thousand times before. And, like, this didn't do anything new to that. That, like, it's almost like a... You know, it's like this, like, certain type of movie. And this just, like, fills that role. Yeah, it is, like, it's super derivative of... I mean, you can, like, watch and almost, like, see... Every single influence that, like, Paul Thomas Anderson must have had at the beginning of the movie. You know, it says, like, you know, in 2047, this happens, whatever. And then, like, now. It's, a, it's you know, Paul Anderson. Or, uh, Paul, sorry, what did I say? Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, this is Paul W.S. Anderson. Right, not Paul Thomas. Very different styles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoops. Uh, yeah, so Paul W.S. Anderson. I mean, it. you know, the opening, I thought, rift of, like, Escape from New York, like, right off the bat. Then it gets into, like, okay, now it's Aliens. So all the... The, the interior of the ship, the Lewis and Clark, kind of looks like alien. Uh, there's a little bit of aliens where there's like, you know, the kind of the colonial marines, although there are no marines. Right, Apparently yeah. these people don't know anything about math. They're like, the scientist, there's one guy who's a scientist who has to explain like, 
you know, the mechanics of space travel to these guys who are astronauts, you know? So I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, but I mean, I also saw, what else? I mean, like specifically Hellraiser shows up at, you know, there's a guy who looks exactly like Pinhead shows up in the, in the movie at, at some point. Oh man. While I was sitting there, I was like clocking them off. I was like, Oh God, this is the, the scene from the shining where the blood yeah. explodes and like yeah. runs all over the place. And I'm like, this is a haunted house movie that's been transplanted to a space station or a spaceship, you know, oh, they even it, do a scene from the haunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a just, haunted house movie. It's yeah. like, I, I mean, I've seen, like what you're saying, I've seen this done, uh, you know, it could be like, you know, the ship disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle and showed up and like, here's the search and rescue. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen like X-Files episodes and stuff like that that did that. So, yeah, it does have... Uh, it's like the, your pirate ghost ship. Yeah, a ghost right. ship you was know, another one. I think it's, it's just it, like it's, this exact yeah. same story. So, so it's like, so what does this movie does that distinguishes itself? I don't think it does anything. <laughs> well, I think it, I think where it does fall short, and I, you know, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, <coughs> it, it is like those films, but I think that it just misses greatness in my book. I mean, okay, a I like it because it's dealing with time travel and space and you know dimension hopping, but b I, I like when I watch this, I just try and watch it, and I know it's not, but it's not true. But I, I, I want to watch this film and see it as just paranoia. You know, like, what if space dementia and paranoia, like, sunk into their head so bad that, like, they think this all this shit is happening, but it's not actually happening. You know, it's... You ever seen a movie called Solaris? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that, yeah. But then I got that one also. So Solaris, there's a Russian one, and uh, I think Steven Soderbergh did the one with George Clooney, where they're on a spaceship. They yeah. start to suffer from dementia... Because I can't remember what they came in contact with, but something, and then it ends up like manifesting their greatest, you know, wants, desires, or whatever there on the spaceship. Right. Sphere, I think, is another one that's similar to that. And I thought I thought the moon was going in that direction, but yeah, we won't ruin it. Cause this oh, that was another. Yeah, the guy in the airlock. That was uh, so. The, at one point in the movie, uh, uh, a possessed uh, crew member decides to step out into the airlock and blast himself onto space. Uh, oh, and yeah. decompress. I've seen that before in uh, Outland, the uh, the Sean Connery, uh, <laughs> where he was uh, he was like a marshal on Jupiter's moon, Eo or something like that. that yeah, cool. and you also mentioned Space Odyssey, right? Yeah, in two thousand one. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of like when when uh, at one point Sam Neill has to actually crawl inside the guts of the ship, which is alive. At some point, the ship becomes alive. <laughs> a, a leap of logic that you know. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne makes that, that somehow yeah. the ship went to another hell dimension and came back and it's alive and apparently wants to kill its crew, which was weird because like its original crew like got treated to some kind of crazy blood orgy where they wrapped themselves up in uh, in barbed wire and pulled their eyes out and, <laughs> and embedded them in their yeah, hands and, and stuff say, like that. And the crew was like hell bent on determining like I need to take as many crew members with me to this hell dimension. Yeah, but they, but, but yeah, I'm dead. gonna kill them all. They killed them all, kind of like a, a serial killer. He's, right? he's taking all, their souls. They he's all had to be alone and, and died. And like the first crew, at least had fun. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was like a cannibalistic you. orgy. I don't know how much fun. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. There was, uh, something, there was a point. Oh uh, well, it's the idea. Point. I think that that you were you're telling me like the films that actually do do the you know the space dementia. Oh, and they yeah. do it, the paranoia. They do it well. You know, I mean, I think even. There's aspects of this film that I would say are similar to the thing too. You know, early on, it's a crew that is locked and stuck in this situation, 
and they just start going against each other. I mean, in the first one of the first dramatic scenes, we see a guy pull a like a razor blade out and hold it to the neck of one of his buddies. <laughs> it's like you guys are on the same team, you know. I yeah. mean, and that's just over an argument about did he or did he not see something. I mean, it's like though I like I like the aspect of like madness, you know, feeding off of this crew. But then, I mean, you see videos on the computer screens that say otherwise. I mean, obviously, it is another dimension. And these creatures or whatever, you know, this is real because it happened to these other people. Right. And it's on tape and we we see it. So it can't all be in their heads, unfortunately. It's another, like, uh, frame of reference I thought of when I was watching when the when the portal opens. So the portal is located, or whatever, the, the brain of the ship, the heart of the ship, sorry, is located in uh, this, uh, it looks like, what would you say, it's like a giant model of an atom. It's got like the spinning, you know, wheels around it, or the spinning yeah. uh, uh, rings around it. There's like two... It's like interlock- a gyrosphere yeah. thing. Yeah. And that thing, when it comes online, creates this portal. What the portal looks like is either the Stargate, like a blackened Stargate, or actually I thought it was uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, where the guy goes up and touches the you know the liquid surface, and yeah. on the other side is hell. Pulls, sucks him in, and he comes back. He's just not the same man that he was beforehand. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so what do we think of the crew of the ship? Hmm. The captain is a very uh, young and trim-looking uh, Lawrence Fishburne a couple of years before The Matrix. Larry Fishbaum. He, uh, yeah, I buy his character more than uh, some of them. I mean, obviously, Cooper. Who is Cooper on the ship? He's, uh... He's the fishing dude. The, uh, Damn, I'm good. He's the comic relief. He's the comic relief <laughs> in the movie. Um, what? Are you speaking English? He's the black funny man. We've got uh, one female that she's, you know, her she she didn't want to go on the on the trip. Um, she was trying to get out of it because she's got a kid at home. That's yeah. Kathleen Quinlan from the Twilight Zone movie. She was in that episode with the uh, kid that could like make things happen with his mind. Oh, kept them all. Yeah, yeah, stuck in. She's always got her her face buried in a tablet. They had tablets. <laughs> well, yeah, we should say this this takes place in 2040? 2047. Yeah. 2047 now. And it's uh it's, you know, we so you're watching this movie today um thinking, you know, what did they predict right and what did they predict wrong because it was filmed in 97 and now we're here in 2013. Uh, but they got tablets. And they did a pretty good job with tablets. Yeah, actually, that you know, you mentioned it. I'm like thinking about the about the production design, and they kind of, you know, now it seems like with spaceship bridges and interiors, there's a lot of uh, monitors built into the walls. Right. You know, a lot of glowing screens, and this one didn't really have that. They like got you know light onto the bridge through like what was it? There was like spinning. They uh, had Lawrence Fishburne's floaty chair. That did. Yeah, they had a floaty chair. Yeah, I was going to say spinning fans. There's fans in the ceiling. And yeah, he sits in some floaty chair. It's like the, the chair is tethered to the ceiling of the room so he can spin around. I don't see what the point of that thing is. I, yeah. <laughs> That's, they thought it was going to be the gun turret from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. Failed. It's like, so in case the ship is moved rocking around, you'll be tethered to you'll the roof. and rocking. 
Know, they made him look like he was in a wheelchair. He didn't look like he was in a position of authority sitting in it, which I thought was a, that's a bad production design. And that's yeah, well that's funny because I was just going to say that's you know how you know who the captain is. But he's <laughs> what? But everyone else looked okay, but he was rocking and a roll. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just the way he looked frail because he was like all stuffed into it and his legs yeah. were together or something like that. Yeah, it didn't make him. But this cat, I mean, the 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 crew was just man. It's kind of bummed by the crew. Are you bummed out? Yeah, because, like, the, you know, like, the, you know, the, the, the motherly figure who's kind of, all she, she just cares about her son, and she's kind of, even the hot-looking girl, she doesn't really do anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they have yeah. no, they have no, they have, yeah, even the hot-looking girl is still debatable, but, uh, <laughs> she looks like a twist between, uh, what were we saying, Uma Thurman? Randy said, and uh, the chick from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. during Jurassic Laura Park. Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern. Yeah, yeah, love child. Yeah, but I mean, she really didn't do anything. I mean, like, well, well she were, didn't want to be there. Cooper's I mean, the black guy who like oh, just kind of cracks some jokes, but he's got he's got the attitude every single he's scene. Got the attitude. Well, but, Cooper fixed the whole ship. Yeah, but he had something to do. <laughs> Damn, I'm good. But that's it. Yeah, that's not character. That's yeah, that's like, not, you that's want not somebody character. to be out there. I think I, I it is no. It, it is no cast of like the aliens or. Alien I don't think they they wanted or... to give him a huge character because half the crew they were going to kill off in the first act of the film. You know, I mean, like aside from Larry Fishbaum and Sam Neill. And the, maybe the blonde chick who she's actually knocked out for half of this. Yeah, I don't even know what happened to her. She, yeah. <laughs> she just got knocked out. She, yeah. They took, took a card from Ron Howard's uh, Willow and just <laughs> took one of the leads and knocked him out and left him, you know, like behind some desk somewhere for half the film. They weren't available for filming. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe they were, <laughs> weren't available. Actually, but, yeah, this, is, this movie does, it's not even directed by Ron Howard, but it suffers from Ron Howard syndrome. I've seen this movie three times, and each time it's like watching it for the first time. It's like a brand new, yeah, it's like, brand new thing. I remember not liking it the first time. Maybe it's, be- let's give it a shot. What are you no. talking about? What are you talking about, this Ron Howard syndrome? Because I happen to like Ron Howard movies. I like Ron Howard movies, too. Yeah? But yeah. you can't remember them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally like him. remember them, man. <laughs> Until, like, five I to- minutes I after totally I saw remember it. Him. I totally remember every little bit and piece about Willow. I totally remember every piece about, like, Oh, Tom's got a choice to make. All right. Mexican mudslides or strawberry daiquiri? What's it gonna be? It's like Kahlua. It's like Kahlua. Ooh. Mm, Look, there's chocolate. chocolate. What'd you think of the oh, set? Oh, strawberry, strawberry. Set design. I like yeah. the set design. Like one thing I remember when I originally saw it years ago, it always seemed like the ship was the main instrument of the. Like the ship was more of a character. This time watching it through, it was like. Eh, it's just a ship, and we got these actors in here like the your traditional funhouse horror. But years ago, when it was original, it seemed more soft to be not here. <laughs> now you're like, well, yeah. well I guess that's I, what I was going with. That's, that brings me back to, I guess, my point. It was like, you know, they used to have, you know, or they would have like uh, all the the the, uh, the TV screens built in. This one doesn't have the budget to pull that off. So now it comes off as kind of like, this is the smaller budget version of, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, we've got enough to build like three main rooms, 
And then, that said, I think, I mean, it's not practical, but I think the design, like, of where, like, the heart of the ship, I yeah. think is very, you know, the, 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 the threat of that room is really it's high. It's spiky. Yeah. Some, I mean, yeah, I guess you just you hit the nail on the head. There's, like, not a room in this spaceship that seems, like, to have a practical function other than it was designed to look this way with without regard for its function. Right. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah. like, they're always hanging out on the bridge. And for some odd reason, like, you know, apparently there there's bodies that blew up all over the walls. So we're just going to camp out here on the bridge with the dead bodies on the walls. I mean, don't worry about cleaning it up at all. I mean, you know. Dude, search and rescue, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not cleaning, cleaning up. up. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm talking specifically about, like, in the Event Horizon, there's these there's uh, columns or pillars that look like they belong in a, in a, like a Catholic cathedral. Right. They've got lights on those pillars that, I don't know if you noticed, they're like these little uh, discs that spin. So when they spin, they cast like these odd reflections. So from a distance, it looks like a candle on the pillar. I mean, because oh, I'm like, yeah. that's what they're going for. This is supposed to be candlelight on these, you know, it's supposed to be a church. Which room is this in? Uh, was man, it like the cryo-sleep room where they fill them up with the jelly? And <laughs> they, yeah, they, it may have been. I don't know. They, it seems like they went through this a couple times. I want to say it was like the back end of the bridge, maybe. I don't. I remember seeing like these, you know, like kind of, what do you call it, concave when they go in toward the middle? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're concave pillars. And then there was a time when I saw a wall when they were walking by. It looked like it was made of brick. Or something. I'm like, what the hell? So it's like you're in the dungeon or something. I mean, it was very like medieval architecture, you know, yeah, right. which was just kind of, you know, on a spaceship. It's like we're going to try and do this kind of medieval thing and give you the, uh, you know, subliminal, you know, uh, sense of, you know, this is gothic horror. Yeah. You yeah. know, which is weird, too, because uh, Tom brought up Dead Space earlier. And Dead Space is a video game, which I, I have to assume is inspired by Event Horizon. It's got, a, you know, a... Uh, a search and rescue team going to a, der- a spaceship that they've lost communication gigantic with. Gigantic spaceship. And the design inside Not there is right. all of these like little, uh, you know, it, it also evokes that kind of like through. It's like an industrial version of like a gothic cathedral in some in some sections of it. Right. I mean, this had that. I mean, this had like you know like. Is that like kind of like the alien feel of like the spaceship where there's like just steam coming out of everything, just yeah. random. And even in like the steam. even in the design of like the jumpsuits and the way that the crew interacted with each other was kind of that like we're blue collar, right? You know, the Joe's. seat looks like he's got duct tape on it, holding it together. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> it's got the very yeah. There was a couple. There was like a shot toward the end. Also, I want to say where Kathleen Quinlan is crawling around through like the. Uh, the, I don't know, she's going up, what do you call those tubes? The Jeffries tubes. No, I don't know. They're, she's going up like a ladder, that, you know, in this like concentric, yeah. uh, there's all these circles, as she's going up these uh, different levels of the ship. And it's a Stare. shot like, yeah, up the stairwell. So, thank you. Uh, and it's a shot like right out of uh, Alien, or the first one, I think, where Ripley is doing the same deal, where she's like trying to get the cat to the, you know, the life Same at the lighting, end. same yeah, Steve. I mean, it looks exactly the same. At some point, there's a shot where she, you know, reaches up, and you know, she's she comes up through the uh, the floor, basically, uh, you know, coming up the ladder, 
and you know just puts her head up and looks around and I'm like, well, that's from Aliens. I mean, there's a lot. It just it's a very derivative, you know, movie and like in its shots, its staging, you know, plot contrivances, you know. Yeah, it's an homage. Right. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't feel like an homage. It, does like it really does it's feel like, like it accidentally did that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what he would say. But I mean, I've seen Paul Paul W S Anderson do stuff like that in in his other movies. Because he did, uh, I want to say he broke out of the scene with Mortal Kombat in 1995. And then he did Soldier, then he did uh, Resident Evil. And so I think that's basically where he wrote his ticket, because he's been doing Resident Evil movies ever since. But even in that Resident Evil movie, I remember thinking, like, there's moments, like, at the very end of the movie, I don't know how well you guys remember this, but, uh, you know, when when, um, Alice steps out onto the street, and, you know, obviously the apocalypse has taken place. There's a newspaper that flips up and says, The Dead Walk. And that is lifted directly, directly from George Romero's Day of the Dead. I mean, he just, like, stole it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's what it feels like. It feels like he's just stealing, you know, like, the oh, entire he's movie. Doing, he's been doing that for a while. I mean, just look at every single one of the Resident Evil movies. Look at every single one of the Underworld movies. Like, if you watch the Underworld movies... But he didn't do Underworld, though. He didn't do Underworld? No, he didn't. He's off the hook. Yeah, he's off the hook for Underworld. That's Lynn Wiseman. We did... Soldier. Okay. Resident Evil. Remember that one. Aliens vs. Predator. That was kind of lackluster. Aliens vs. Predator is... uh. Yeah, Death well, Race. I think I, I think what I like about this guy and this director. I think his most original film was Three Musketeers. Bam, boom. That's because you don't remember the old ones, <laughs> dude. The Three Musketeers <laughs> had fucking airships in it, dude. Airships. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's stealing imagery. How about the uh, uh, the blood and gore factor of this film? Does that seem reminiscent of anything? Well, uh, I mean, I, I looked up briefly just some information about it. I, I heard that it was actually originally 30 minutes longer because of Blood and Gore. I got an NC-17 and I had to cut it way down. I want but to yeah. see that movie. Yeah, you're right. Have them put it all back in. I think it's yeah. lost. I think they said they can't find it. Unless it's on your Blu-ray. It may have some uh, maybe some deleted scenes. I'll but take a look. Uh, it was really reminiscent of specifically Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you I mean, say that. Yeah. well, yeah, but I, I, I was just talking about the makeup on the main bad guy at the end of the movie after he's gone through his hell transformation. He looks like exactly like I would say. I mean, pretty close to you know. You could ask the layman. You know, it looks like Pinhead without the the pins in his face. Right. Yeah, he had uh, his eyes though. Like, yeah, he didn't I have. Think it would have been more dramatic without the eyes. I think they were just black contacts or something because they they do an effect on some some of the shots where you know people are missing their eyes and you can actually see into yeah. like the ocular uh, um, and that, orifice. That effect to me is the most dated of any of them in the film. Like I just don't buy it anymore. There's like no shadows. In yeah, there. <laughs> like it's weird. Yeah, it's it's totally like early CG work. But there's a like a surgery, an impromptu surgery scene. Where uh, the bad guy dissects one of the crew members, and uh, apparently what he does is he pulls out all of his internal organs, leaves them on the table, takes his skin and uh, hooks that up 
via all these, you know, uh, hooks and chains, and I can't remember if it was chains or just wires or whatever, it's but like, I mean, it was yeah. very Hellraiser, you know, I mean, like, that's where your mind goes, it's like, oh, they took this from Hellraiser. That's Hellraiser. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. But, like, none of it's even remotely explained, and it's only, sh- like, you can tell, like, if you mention the rating hat change, it just seems like, well, okay, we can only show this for so many seconds, and we gotta move on. So we're not gonna fully explain why any yeah. of that was done. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think there's just so many, every scene after every scene keeps leaving you wanting another answer that ultimately will never get answered because they move on to something else and now they're in, okay, we've got this another event going on. Or, okay, we've lost more time. We've got to go somewhere else. Right. And that's the, that's a good point. I mean, the, the crew is on this clock from when they get on Event Horizon. Um, they got like 20 hours, I think, due to... Uh, oxygen. They only have enough oxygen for twenty hours. Yeah. What? Ha- you, what happened? Something. Well, they eat. They eat up three hours right away. That's the thing. It's just not explained. No, I mean, like, why? <laughs> there was some disaster, yeah. but I can't even remember now what it was. That something happened. Yeah. It was. Uh, well, it well, was the, a reaction. The portal opened in their original. Oh, okay. Ship right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The portal blasted the ship away. Maybe. But so, and that at that point, they're stuck on the event horizon. They got twenty hours. Three hours are gone. Next scene, they got 17 hours. And then something else happens, and we go back to one of their meetings, and they got like... Four hours. Yeah, they got four hours left. It was... was, I think it was... Something happened with the whole, like, airlock incident. That took... I don't know what happened, but something happened because of the airlock incident that knocked them down to four hours. Yeah. But even then, they're still not really on, like, a time constraint. It's just like... The, the time doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't factor in on the ending of the movie. It That's fa- the thing. It it's like usually, if you do that, usually it comes down to that end moment where, you know, it's the like... The alien moment where it's... <laughs> <"Arr>, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've only got some... Yeah, that made it dramatic, right? With yeah. those, the klaxon sirens and all this. The ship yeah. is going to explode and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that one did it, you know, really well. This one, like, sets it up and then just kind of, like, forgets all about it. I thought it was a... I mean, even when it happened... It seemed like it it happened very early, the 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 accident seemed like it happened very early on in the story before we'd really even gotten settled into the story. They had just arrived at the event horizon. We're just getting off to like go investigate the ship, and then it's like we have this you know horrible accident that renders our other escape vehicle you know uh, useless. So it's like okay. Uh, you know, I mean, why are we, why do we need to do this? It's like, all, you already have like the haunted spaceship. Isn't that enough of a, you know, that's enough of a situation to deal with right there. But right. we got to compound that with like, now you've got only 20 hours before you run out of. Well, if you're going to take out the ship, I guess it'd be they more impactful. They should out the ship. Yeah. They shouldn't have right. just said like, Hey, we got, we like destroy the ship, but now we got to like, but now we can, it. We can if they just it. wiped it out. Yeah, I think the only reason they damaged the ship to cause the ship get to repaired is so that they get rid. They tie up two, three characters. Yeah, that don't have to. Yeah, like two, <laughs> three characters are know. like, yeah, for the well, they'll uh, just go fix the ship. They're fixing out. the ship. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably you really only caring about two characters. Yeah, yeah. you really only <laughs> care about uh, Miller, the captain, which is Lawrence Fishburne, and Sam Neill, the doctor. I mean, it's it's this, you know. Maybe battle Cooper. between I the two of them. Care about Cooper, 
We do care about Cooper. We remembered his name. Yeah, <laughs> and Just he lived only because we were making black fun of him. Man lived. The black man lived. Yeah, but black that man was, lived. I mean, but come on. Like every every line that he said was, you know, the with this. Just gonna repeat. Like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't live. At some point, like, okay, well, <laughs> we got to set up this this sequence because this is awesome, awesomely bad. I think. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the ship is finally destroyed by an act of sabotage, and I think some of the ship. Well, yeah, but this is, this is, well, okay. <laughs> this is like one of the greatest moments in the movie as far as like, you know, howlingly, you know, awesome. Uh, the bad guy has taken a bomb and planted it on the Lewis and Clark, the rescue ship. And the, one of our heroes has to search around and find out where the bomb is. And he finds it and he opens the, the, you know, he sees the little countdown timer because God damn it. Every bomb has a countdown well, he timer. Tur- he he actually finds it and then pushes the on button. Yeah, to see the, the, the like timer. The display. And yeah. it's like five, four. And so he stands there and I'm like, hit the off button. <laughs> you found it. Hit the off button. But he just stands there and makes this amazingly contorted, like, sad face into the camera in close up <laughs> and then explodes. And thus we lose Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah. Sean Pertwee from the awesome movie Soldier. No, and he was in uh, Dog Soldiers. Which oh, was look at that. Wow. Oh, wow. Daiquiri has arrived. Time just got one out of the drink. <laughs> wow. Looks great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, well, okay. That's the setup. That's the setup. Now what happens to Cooper? So Cooper, right, our comedy relief uh, guy, he's out fixing the ship. So the ship explodes, and then we're treated to a shot of a piece of the ship floating through space, and dude is still tethered to it by his anti-gravity boots. And he's going, God damn it, what the hell is going on wrong here? Why am I floating off into space? I'm pretty oh, sure, I'm pretty sure that is a, that's a direct quote from the yeah. movie right there. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it went. Why is this shit always got to happen to me? I think he, that's, yeah, yeah, that comes next, I'm pretty sure. We cannot get Eddie Murphy. Let's get this guy. Yeah. This guy looks good. So he jettisons his air and rockets back to the ship. And, I mean, that was just kind of... I think when he shows up, when he finally gets back, there's more hilarity ensues. Oh, shit! Oh, shit! I can't stop! And then there's something happens at the window. Yeah, because see what what happens. And then he's like, oh, I gotta... Oh, 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 I can't stop! Oh, no! Oh, he does a face plant on the window. (laughs) And then the bad guy sees him on... And then he shoots the window with the gun. Which is probably not the best move if you're the bad guy and you love the right. ship and you want to keep it, you know. Because, like, instant Lawrence, decompression. Lawrence Fish that much. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne had already, had already, I was like, I'm going to shoot you. And Lawrence Fishburne's like, you wouldn't do that because you'd miss and put a hole through the ship. And he's like, oh, <laughs> you'll, I won't miss. Yeah, what makes you think I'll miss? But then. Two and seconds. Two, two seconds, seconds later, later, he shoots the window. <laughs> like, ah! Yeah, you missed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's classic storytelling. Right there. And then he... Yeah, then he, uh, he but, I mean, Randy touched on it. Uh, it's chaos. This, He's... The, the dimension that the ship was in was a world of chaos, and it brought all that chaos back. Yeah, I, so. I guess it was chaotic, but it just wasn't off too well the chaoticness yeah <laughs> it was kind of a generic hell i mean they come to that re- yeah. that conclusion like way too easily 
You know, it seems yeah. like everybody's making a, a, a leap, you know, into like what's actually happening. Is it hallucinations or is this really happening? It's really it, happening. It would have been. Why is it really happening? Because the ship is alive. What? Because it went to hell. I have a theory. It went to hell. Like, what are you talking about? Where did this. Like, if it was hallucinations, I think, it, like, stick with one. Like, if, if, if it was hallucinations, like it would have been better. Things. If it was hell, it would have been like, like, Doom did hell. Doom actually did hell, but yeah. they brought demons. Um, yeah, but they didn't in the the movie. No, right? no. But the original the Doom did all hell. over hell, or all over the place, all right? over hell, all too. over hell. Yeah. But like, there. so Dead Space does hell too. No, they don't go to hell. No, but they say, yeah, we've unleashed hell. But you know, they... yeah, but not literal. This is literal, right. like right, right, right. the hell dimension. But you 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 bring back an artifact that unleashes hell, but it's just no, it's not really hell. Well, they, they try and pass this off as actually unleashing hell. Oh, well, there's a scene where Sam Neill says uh, the word hell is just a word. It's just worse than hell. It's worse. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, if he says so, I mean, it's got to be pretty bad. But, but then he shows him, like, you know, I don't know if he touches him or what, but yeah. he, like, gives him this you know, telepathic vision of what it's his... pretty fucking bad. Yeah. His worst... Well, that's the hell, that's the, of images that... the Hellraiser highlight reel. And it's not really that bad. Mm. You know? <laughs> well, it's know. pretty bad. I mean, it's... But it... Not by today's standards. I've seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. seen some I've worse seen shit some, than uh, that. music videos that go worse than that. Yeah. 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 There's that ring videotape. Yeah. I mean, the cell, for one, that's hell. Inside that mind is hell. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, jeez. Uh, man, are we busting your bubble, man? We popping it? We we we, no, we poking at it? This, we poking? This movie is the movie of steel for me. It's impervious. But you know why? It's got time travel. It's got dimension travel. They didn't go to another dimension. The ship, Come on. The ship went without him. Oh yeah, but they didn't show it. But they brought something <laughs> back. It'd be like it'd be like it'd be like awesome. It'd be like, hey, we're we're gonna make we're gonna shoot back to the future. But we're just only doing the eighties. We're just gonna mention that Marty went to the fifties and then came back. <laughs> we ain't gonna show you the fifties. We're just gonna say he went to the fifties, did all this cool stuff. And they came back. Well, wait, yeah. no, but on a video monitor, you will see a couple frames of what Marty did in the 50s. But also, Marty... But would that be still a cool movie? I don't think so. It would not be as cool. It would be cool if, like, he brought back a bunch of 50s stuff and 50s people. Because that's, like... Well, that's right. That's if the portal would have opened and, like, a whole bunch of, like, demon yeah. dudes would have came yeah. for, like, the... the that would have been movie. a better movie. Like, no. The Avengers? Are you talking about? Yeah, but only yeah, like Hell, Hell, Hell Avengers. Oh, the Hell Avengers. <laughs> Hell's That's Angels. A good idea for yeah, Cenobites. Let's start right. Copyrighted. Hell Avengers. Copyrighted. Yeah. That was probably Pandorum. I can't remember what was Pandorum. That was with, uh, that was another like haunted. Yeah, space that was another haunted space one. Or was Dicks. that like they got something in them and they mutated and turned into like flesh twisting yeah. whatever? But again, this story has been told like so many ways, well, so many times. I think the whole idea of them going through to the other dimension, it's like the movie doesn't care that they went. It's basically that is the plot device that we can dip the ship in the other dimension and come out. And now the ship is just chocolate covered goodness. Yeah, it's it's evil. <laughs> Much like the the Overlook Hotel. And then the like the Overlook Hotel, it goes and has uh, like a psychic influence on the people who are inside it. Specifically, 
the guy who loves it the most, the Jack Torrance, or in this case, the Sam Neill character. That's a good point, and like, because uh, I was wondering watching this. Oh no! Do you think that Sam Neill has always, you know, been the caretaker of that ship? Like, is he evil from the get go, or going back to the ship does he become evil? You know, it's actually funny. Like my memory of this, like I had uh, an idea that he was like the devil, right? Right. Like that's yeah. what I thought going in, and then I'm watching it, and I'm like. You know, because I've seen it twice before, then forgotten it. That's what I seem to remember. It's just a tool. Yeah, and then I I come back and I'm like, no, nah, he's yeah. not the devil. He uh, at some point they eject him from the ship, yeah. and he dies. But the ship brings won't let him die. It brings him back, so it's an avatar. I think he's an avatar. Yeah. Okay. It would, it might, it would have been cool because he's like, I created this ship. It would have been cool if he like created it with the intention of it like going to. Have, but that would have been a totally different movie and probably would have yeah. been cooler, right? If yeah. he would like, this was my design. Yeah, this, this is my find, evil plan to yeah. create. Yeah, that would have been cool. And then bring it back to Earth. Yeah, bring, yeah. Well, no, because then we're getting into life force territory. Uh, it would have been a space Would have been a cooler been movie. A plan. Or actually, maybe is that a little bit of Superman in there? <laughs> Take over Earth, repopulate it with Hell's. Yeah, but see, he has like it's he also has no of all the alien movies too. The company always wants to bring the damn thing back to Earth. There, yeah. there, there's none of those plans. Yeah. There's none of those plans to bring it back to Earth. He literally just wants to take these three people because he's killed most of. He just wants to take the. But he's already taken their souls. Yeah, whatever, dude. He's taken their souls to hell already. Whatever, dude. No, no, he does actually say something to that effect at some point because Lawrence Fishburne is like, no, let them go and take me or whatever. And Sam Neill's like, no, we need the crew or whatever. He's like, but he implies that that they're all burning in the hell dimension. No one will escape or they all are coming. Even though they're all physically dead. But it uh, reminded me when I was screaming you know, that he was going, no, at one point uh, when dude's in the airlocker, right, or the airlock, Lawrence Fishburne's being, he's trying to reach the outside of the airlock. He hears them, the crew members on the inside of the airlock, going like, no, Billy, open the door. And he yells into his suit like, no, Billy. And it occurred to me, I'm like, he's not patched in. Nobody can hear him say in he's space, just screaming no into his suit. But no, they can hear him because he's telling Justin. No, just, yeah, but Justin to, can't hear him. Justin, he's telling him to get crouched into he's like, a ball. Patch though. me in. No, he, that was after that. Oh, that's okay. After he did his, like, you know, okay. con or whatever, you know, yeah. the mournful wail. <laughs> After that, it's like, okay, now patch me in so he could actually hear me. Maybe he realized that, like, I just yelled at myself in my suit and nobody heard it. Just out of frustration, he's like, no, Justin. I just can't believe nothing ever happened to start the Uma Thurman shit. Yeah. Like, nothing really, like... Nothing bad, I mean... something, she was on the ground, but... Wait, did she suffer hallucinations? No. She only suffered hallucinations at the end. Yeah. That's true. And that's like your, ah, moment. And that's, ah! and that's how the movie started, where Sam Neill was freaking out when he was in the, the jelly, you know, cryo-sleep chamber. The Bacta tank? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, which was already contaminated with blood by that. Oh, wait, no. Was that on the, which ship were they on? Right. They were on the they were on the event horizon, like the the head of the event horizon. I think that's how they travel through, 
I think that puts it in some type of stasis where they're they going the water. But remember, like, I think pods? that's where they're kind of sleeping. And yeah. Whatnot. Didn't the blood like smash that all to hell in one scene? Um, <laughs> all to hell. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. This is like what half an hour ago that we watched this. It's yeah. evaporating. It's, yeah. it's going fast. <laughs> There was a yeah big liquid thing got a bunch of blood in it and it exploded all over the floor and much in a scene reminiscent of The Shining. Yeah, and I don't remember what that was. I, you're right. Now I think that was the cryo uh, fluid. Yep. Yeah. So they only had what was left in the chamber. So they really I don't even know how they got into those chambers. Right. Because each time you open it up, it drains out. Right. Or they're just yeah different dimension that went to. It can do whatever it wants. The ship is alive. It was chaos. <laughs> well, you just brought up another point that I was thinking of. It's like there isn't, you know, again, from a, a movie production design standpoint, it seems like you should do something to differentiate your two ships so that I can tell inside yeah. instantly, like, this guy's on that ship and this guy's on that ship, either based by color timing it or by the design, you know, having the design be significantly different. Well, the Lewis and Clark had this floor that would drop four feet. <laughs> and people it was dramatic the first time they <laughs> yeah. oh when it started because you think it's like an elevator that's going to go down like three floors or something but it went four feet so yeah let's set this scene real quick you got Justin <laughs> apparently Justin is like the youngest member of this crew Justin and, Bieber because everybody baby calls bear. him yeah everybody calls him baby bear and you know Which then you got, guys got to think it's just insulting as all hell He's got to. He's got to hate them all. So but then he calls, what's her face? Mama, Mama Bear. Bear. Yeah. Mama Bear, so, so, no! Like, you got this first scene of the floor lowering. I forgot about that. There's like three guys <laughs> on the floor as it's lowering. Cooper, our comedic relief black dude, is on the, you know, the, like the regular level floor. And as it's lowering, he's like, you take care, baby bear. I got you. You know, something like to that effect. He's like... Okay, and there's this dramatic <laughs> swell of music, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> wow, we didn't even go down a full flight. He's like, <laughs> you know, like they're still at like shoulder height with the other floors, so yeah. they didn't go that far, and it's kind of, it's comedic watching it now. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do with that scene, but, and they also have this really cool thing that, uh. If it's not invented, it should be. It's like an umbilical cord for spaceships when docking. Um, first, it has like these arms that go out and clamp onto the other ship, destroying the piece of the ship that it clamps to. <laughs> and then there's like this, what do they call it, the umbilical? Umbilical lock? Uh, yeah, they something like that. Umbilical lock? Umbilock, maybe? But it's it's basically, it's like this tube. That you can, you know, lock on to another ship's uh, door, for lack of a better word, and it'll create a seal between the two ships and an atmosphere, so yeah, so that you can walk I've through seen space. That before another, didn't they do that in Life Force when the two ships had to? Dock? Every ship does Maybe. that. Yeah, that yeah. is like a <laughs> fundamental thing of space travel. But, <laughs> Any ship does that. Yeah, but this one was made for not like. It wasn't designed to lock into like that door. This is just like an any door it can lock on. Dude, every spaceship does that. Every single one. I'm gonna need examples. Oh, uh, crap! It's not coming to me. I've seen that exact same thing where like the umbilic. Was there a movie called Supernova? <laughs> I want to say probably. It had. Uh, oh god, I'm forgetting her name. 
Uh, okay, yeah, I'll come back to it. Deborah Winger. No, no, a black actress. She was in uh, What's Love Got to Do With It. She what? played no. Tina Turner. Uh, Whitney Houston? No. Uh, uh, okay, nobody's <laughs> seen that Tina movie. Turner? All right, fine. <laughs> Angela Bassett. Oh, there good, we go. Good call. I don't say Angela Bassett. Uh, what, good pull. Yeah. But it's like a translucent, it's like a bunch of uh, concentric rings, and they unfold and spread out, and there's like a translucent tube, Yeah, and then it connects to, yeah, I've seen that like a hundred times. But can't remember. But where. one that's universal and can hook onto any door. Oh, no, I don't know about that. But oh, I've, no, seen, you, I've seen you, the translucent usually, tube. Usually they're universal. They can hook on. Are they? Okay. That's how, like, most, that's, yes. That's how we well, design our spaceships. Mo- most space yeah, but, dockings are on purpose, but this was like... We have to get into this ship. You you have to have something that where you can dock on any ship. Could have the been seven years of technology since the Event Horizon was gone. They they advanced the technology. Plus, it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like subs attaching. You remember Hunt for Red October? They bring down a little DSRV and it has a universal docking attachment on it or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hunt for Red October Day. Even even underwater, we do crazy shit like that. See, when you go underwater, like that's actually what this movie reminds me of the most. Because underwater sci-fi horror movies have happened. I don't know about so much the outer space ones, but uh, there was. Well, I mean, you've got like the abyss. Obviously, is like the one where like shit goes wrong. Like as soon as they get there, and there's like a compounding series of misadventures that you know ends up stranding them, and they have to survive this and. The next thing, but uh, Leviathan. Anybody seen that one? No. Oh, for God's sakes! Okay, so there's Leviathan and Deep I, Star I, Six. I, I haven't even seen. Have or have this? You haven't even seen it. Oh, good lord! We got to put that on the freak show or something, right? So Leviathan and Deep Star Six are basically both about underwater research stations that find something. They drill or whatever and dig up monsters or things that turn you into monsters and chase you around the ship. And while you're inside it, aside from the fact that there's a lot of dripping, it looks exactly like, you know, your event horizon or, you know, whatever, your space set. Yeah, it's the same problems because you, you're always, in those movies, okay, so you're always going to have a scene where something goes wrong, where somebody, like, you know, a wall gets burst, so the room's either, you know, underwater, the room's filling with water, or in a space movie, the room is being drained of air. Yeah. But this is, air is still the the <laughs> enemy in these situations. Air is the tie that right. binds. And you usually um, have a situation in a lot of those movies where someone like seals an airlock that involves them killing themselves because they're going to run out of air or they're going to tramp themselves, shoot themselves underwater or drown or into space to prevent the monster from getting to the rest of the ship. That's very true. Yeah, but, I mean, I would make a distinction. that, that Those things, while well, you're saying that they may be cliche, I've seen them done in ways that were, you know, you know, involving and convincing, you know. I wonder if, I mean, they don't really touch on it, Deep but... Blue sea. Their, That's right, they did do it too, yeah. <laughs> Sharks in, like, knee-high water. Their air supply does go up as the people are dying off. There's less people to... Yeah, but air. I love it. I mean, like, you know, this movie, you know, all, all space movies at some point seem to do this, where you have decompression, and all of your air is escaping, and it goes on forever and ever and ever, and it's like, yeah. you know, how long would it actually take? I don't know, at some point I'm going to have to, like, figure this out, just so I know, for myself. 
Or right. like, you know, how much cubic volume, PSI, all this stuff is like being vacuumed out. It's best <laughs> I'm not thinking to it's like pretty questions. damn fast. That's kind of why I like <laughs> Star Wars movies. Because like, even though they're in space, they don't dick with like the... Yeah, they did on the Falcon. When they went outside to check for the Minox. Yeah, yeah they but were then... Inside. They, were, they were in yeah. an asteroid ahead on the atmosphere. Yeah. Something, yeah. but I mean, they still then put they, on nice, but they didn't actually, have no, they were inside the thing's stomach, so that's why it was there was moisture, even though it was in space. Yeah, but they didn't have yeah, to deal with like you know, the decompression questions. and the, well, quite yeah. not in yeah. Obi Wan with when they went underwater, too. That was kind of hokey, well, yeah. That's just hokey. yeah, mm-hmm. well, breathers, yeah, yeah. They have, I mean, sometimes you gotta have breathers, but you don't have like yeah, underwater. Even, like, in Star Wars, I can like forgive that kind of stuff because it's more like you know, like okay, this is a fantasy universe. Who knows how physics works in this you know completely made up thing a long time ago, well, in a galaxy Superman, far, far away. Even Superman, the newest. Yeah, yeah. When you, but then that's when you call it into question when it's actually taking place within a world that you know we interact with ourselves. And it's like I call bullshit on that because I know. And if you fall out of an airplane, you're going to die. I'm like this guy who didn't even get a scratch. You know what I really like are uh, the the oxygen tanks in this movie. They're like these tubular things. Oh, yeah, and another scene lifted right out of Alien. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to keep shitting on my brain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's Dude, right. but that scene is totally an Alien where Lambert and yeah. Parker are trying to load up the... You know, Brent, yeah. we've shit on your past two movies, man. We, Sorry, we shit we're... pretty hard on Tango I shit on Tango <laughs> Cash myself. So. I think everybody shits on Tango Cash. That was an experience. Randy, would you shit on Tango Cash? Have you seen Tango Cash? I can neither confirm nor deny uh, if I've mm. seen Tango or Cash. I've seen Tango. I haven't seen Cash. <laughs> I always get Tango and Cash confused with Turner and Hooch in my mind. Uh, there you go. A much better was, film. Turner and Hooch. even brought up. Yeah. Uh, buddy Cop movie. Yep. <laughs> Tango and Cash are Buddy Cop movies? Tango and Cash is one of the greatest Buddy Cop movies. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's a terrible Stallone movie. Stallone and Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. I just said it was the greatest buddy cop movie, and it was a terrible. Movie. It did. Uh, I was going to say like, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we proved your like you even proved your whole like daring your own thing. You're like, what is the greatest buddy cop movie? And you said it was Die Hard Three. Die Hard Three is the best of the bunch. Yeah, but you just like a minute ago said Tango <laughs> Cash was the best buddy cop movie. Yeah, but we didn't watch Tango and Cash. <laughs> oh no, we watched Tango and Cash. Not this week. <laughs> How am I gonna get out of this one? Pull up. It's Pull on up. tape. Yeah. We're losing air pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it stopped recording. We got five to get out of here. Yeah. Don't know what happened to that podcast, fellas. It just stopped recording. Pull that plug, it'll stop recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, I should watch that. No, no, you're okay. I just... Well, so here's the other thing that I'm toying with, uh, you know, and thinking about the structure of this. If we're applying this to, you know, a haunted house film, usually the haunted house film has to come up with some kind of contrivance for getting people into the haunted house, right? Which is always like either a family moves into a house unsuspecting that this is Distress actually the beacon. scene of a, Boom. you know, whatever. Or, or you've got investigators who go in because they know it's haunted and they're looking for evidence of whatever. Sure. So this has got search and rescue. It's kind of, I don't know, I mean, it's a, 
you know, I, I, I appreciate that part of, of the story. I mean, conceptually, I guess I like this movie. What you read on the back of the box, you know, sounds cool. It's like, you know, the ship goes, it disappears, it comes back, it brought something with it. Okay, it went to a hell dimension. It's like, I can even buy that if you do it right. Man, if I read that description on the back of the box, I'd be like, seen it before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you've seen it done <laughs> since, probably. I mean, I know that they they did... I don't remember prior to uh, this, a haunted house movie in space, aside from, well, fuck, I'm killing myself. It's alien creature. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leviathan, yeah. you did it underwater. Yeah. So Deep Star 6. Yeah. And I was just making a case for how this movie, like, ripped yeah, all those movies off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... I think uh, most anything post nineteen ninety seven. This movie does have like a significant cult following, though. No, it doesn't. It does, which it is does. always yeah, like blown me away. Wait, no yeah. way, dude. People will tell me like they reference Event Horizon like all the time, and it's like, was this like a thing that I like? I mean, I saw it, but I didn't think it was like any. Good. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah it's like with the director's cut or something like that. I don't think I, I. I just think that it's one of those films that like skirted under the radar. It became like this phenomenon, and I don't know where it comes from because it's not a great movie. I mean, I like it. I, you know, maybe it's just the, those people that just hold it near and dear to their heart. It's almost like a guilty pleasure watching it. It's one of those films. Um, I don't understand that. Like, yeah. I've heard people say that it, like, blew their mind. Yeah. And there's not, like, yeah. that, oh, holy shit I think moment. It, yeah. In the beginning, it had potential to, like, when it was doing the mind games. Yeah. They yeah. would have just stuck with that and maybe, okay, somehow delve into the hell stuff. But right. See, I wonder. fell flat. I wonder. See, I agree with Randy on that. I, I think that, it, you know, that I've, I've seen those type of things done better. And so it's like when you watch it, you go like, this isn't doing anything exceptional. Like so why is this the one that else. I think maybe it's just the the you know, you maybe talking about a specific specific age group of viewer who saw this, you know, during the 90s when, you know, horror especially was at like an all time like. You know, when nothing was really coming out except for Scream, you know, movies and Candyman. And, you know, right. and it was like a really odd time. This movie's got uh, gore, you know, and boobs. Yeah. <laughs> some nudity. I like that. And, uh, in the opening, whatever, yeah. the, the rated R for strong violence and some nudity. Yeah. Um, There's you no know, life force. There's no life No, but I mean, not, well, I mean, few movies can be, I mean, life force is a thing of its own. But that's, uh, that's Tom's boob bar. <laughs> yeah, but boob bar. Uh, there's a boob bar. There's a boob bar. Oh, life forces. But just to be an R-rated horror movie, you know, I mean, maybe that was the thing that uh, maybe was, that was their first experience too, something like that. That wasn't one of the Alien franchise movies. Yeah, which probably would have been Alien. Was Alien? Well, what the hell was Alien I, Four? Is that in the two thousands? That had to have been close. That was no, that was That's late nineties, wasn't it? It was probably nineties. It was probably somewhere around this area, I would think. I'm gonna Google it. Look Captain up. Google. I'm gonna say nineteen ninety seven. Oh, or ninety eight. Well man, I just I, you were saying that uh like you had a like you know, a role playing thing based around Event Horizon, right? There was an event that was done. I'd have to say the event was actually better than the Event Horizon. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, can you describe this more for us? All I can remember is we were kind of put on a ship 
and all of like it was kind of like theme that okay we're gonna go we're gonna see something and it's gonna be based off of something that you guys just like recently been done because you know whoever was running the campaign was had seen the movie and just loved the movie like and I never saw the movie but then was put in this transition of kind of that but it you know I can't remember what we ever went to and I don't think it had to do with hell but it was kind of more haunting and you know, dimensional stuff, but yeah, you have to find out when Doom was made. Is that before '97? Yeah, yeah, because I okay, I can oh, see the game. Yeah, I can oh, see Do- the Doom the game. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, that was like in the '80s. No, late '80s, early '90s, like early '90s. That parallel, like story-wise, I can see with like Event Horizon and Doom, but Alien, I, I mean, I see the production value and design. But well, I guess that yeah. And that it's a haunted house. Yeah, I just yeah. As far as the other than that, I've I've just never watched it like really paralleling it with Alien. Well, I, I mean, the only reason that I, I guess well, I mean, there's a couple reasons, you know, from stealing sequences to shots to I mean, like, you know, the first time that you meet the crew. I mean, yeah, I mean, everything owes a debt to Alien, I guess. You know, in the long run, sure. Any kind of you know outer space, scary outer space stuff. Uh, but this one in particular seems to be like intent on like you know doing it as close to alien as we can in the visually in, yeah in the yeah. design of the the crew you know their attitudes towards each other in the design of I guess maybe that was the Lewis and Clark that was the yeah. one that maybe looked the most like the alien ship Smoking the ship from in space. sorry the, the, the Stromo yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's why I guess it's like okay, we're just going to copy the alien aesthetic, and maybe that was maybe I'm making a case for the movie. You know that uh, when they get to the event horizon, that's the one that actually looks like the the cathedral. So maybe they did try to build in some kind of differentiation between the two ships, but it just in the close-ups you can't tell. I was frequently going like I don't know where these people right. which ship they're was, on. I was kind of bummed that Peter Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs? From Harry Potter movies. Harry Potter movies? Uh, you know, because he normally plays a bad guy. And it was everything that he's in, because he just has that bad guy look to him. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a bad guy. I thought he'd be a droid, or like, you know, he, when you see him, when you first see him, you're like, Peter Isaacs, he's going to be a bad guy. Well, he was the guy that pulled the knife pretty fast. Pretty yeah, but he fast was he was under yeah. the influence of the ship at that point. Yeah. I mean, what are you I figured do? he would have done something evil. Who but... does he play in Harry Potter? What's the name of that? Malfoy. Malfoy's father. Malfoy's, Malfoy's father. father. Malfoy Senior. Malfoy Senior Malfoy. Yeah. Flowing blonde hair. Senor. What's Malfoy's name? Uh, Junior Malfoy. Draco. Draco. Well, Malfoy's their last name. Yeah. Yeah, Draco Malfoy. Person? The dad is Draco? No, Kid's the Draco. son's Draco. Oh, okay. Draco Malfoy you know, and... Lucius. Lucius Malfoy. There you go. It there. came to me. This movie couldn't have droids because the droids would be impervious to their... Yeah, the I ship's mean, powers. Yeah, but the ship itself is alive. The, the ship's the be. droid. Dude, even... Oh, good even point, when, man. Uh, Randy just blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but Alien had mother and father and all that, so it was kind of in the living ship. Yeah. Uh, Even when Jason went to space, in that classic film Jason X, X, there was a robot chick. 
I mean, you got to have the robot, the android. Ever since Alien, from you got to have that android with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Enjoy Jason X more than Event Oh, save it for your wrap up. Yeah, that's it. Jason X is a, it's an outer space. It's one of those movies done for like a third of the budget. I mean, like it really does what feel like they're walking space? around in you know like a soundstage somewhere. Yeah. I, don't well, know, I haven't seen Leprechaun in space. Have you? It's no. Really good. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. I've seen Leprechaun in the hood. I think there's Leprechaun oh, in the hood man. too. Also. Also or two? Also. There's Leprechaun. A... Also. He goes in to space and he's in the hood twice. Yeah. Back to the hood. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow, he went to the hood twice. I think so, yeah. In the hood's pretty good. So why didn't Jason go to the hood? I don't know, but I want to get back to the... <laughs> He what did you were go saying. to the hood. He went to Manhattan. Ha oh, ha! Shit. He did. <laughs> oh, yeah, because oh, he takes off the mask. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jam box. They're like, hey. He just goes. You're right. Like, oh, never mind, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was hanging out with the heroin pushers and the shorter the cooks. The ghetto blasters. He went to the hood. <laughs> Tangent. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, talking about horror movies, hey! Wait, I'm bringing back a tangent. Uh, Alien Resurrection was made in 1997. That's right. Look at this guy. Oh, this yeah, guy. you were looking that up, Captain Google. <laughs> yep, I Captain Googled it, and I was right. But same nice. year. Same year. Yeah, that's, don't. There's there's no holding the torch to the two. What, what Alien yeah. Resurrection? Yeah, Alien. Yeah. That that movie's not <laughs> that. Which great. movie? All right, so, what? If I was to put Alien Resurrection, enter, one movie leaves. Alien one? Resurrection versus Event Horizon, go. Event Horizon, of course. Alien Resurrection. Uh, Are you fucked in the head? Aliens, didn't it? Uh, no, that was the third one on the prison planet, wasn't it? No, wait, what am I thinking? Of, that, that, the fourth that, one had Winona Ryder. Yes. Yeah, that was the, that was yeah, the yeah. beginning of the Firefly. Had the be- Firefly crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Joss Whedon wrote that one. So yeah, Joss a, Whedon wrote that one. That's like a mark right there. Okay, I'll, <laughs> Boom. Give, I'll give you that. That's a good mark. But uh, Plus I, it's got Sigourney Lever in it. Mark two. <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's the fourth of a it's the worst of a franchise. Like okay, if you're going a bar scale, what? That's the uh, no, bottom rung. No, of the bar. Yes. Alien no. Forest. No. Yeah. What's the no. worst Alien movie? Time alien three. I like Alien. Alien three, three is great. Yeah. It's a good movie. I dig Alien 3. I, like aliens, I even like the long alien, one. Alien 4. I would even almost. No, I can't even say this. You guys are going to. No, I can't. No, say no, it. do it. Were you going to put Jason X in there? No. <laughs> no. Jason X. <laughs> alien. I was, I was going to put. Jason X. Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put uh, Aliens above Alien. I could see. On that part. Oh, really? Like. Okay. I kind of would do that too, but well, I like aliens like, as above I, aliens. As I get yeah. older, I oh, yeah. kind of oh okay wow yeah I put aliens above alien. Wow. I thought you guys were gonna uh, as you get older what as I get older like a, like like with Star Wars I always liked Empire and Jedi better, but when you go back and watch them when you get older, you kind of that first one is usually still the best one. Right. Yeah, I come down that way with well, the you know, like Alien. Well, like yeah. Alien, Alien better than Aliens. I, I, I like the cast in Aliens better versus like the cast in Alien ends up being you care more about Ripley than anybody else. Yeah, I yeah, I, I just, I, just I, I like Aliens more than Alien because uh, Aliens. 
is more the a sci-fi movie. It's more an action. Alien felt it's an action. Horrible. And I, I don't think yeah. Yeah. Alien Aliens was horrible. Yeah, it's like it's more of like a the first one is more like a horror movie slash art film. I mean, it takes its time to get going. It builds up the sense of dread. I mean, I think probably. You know, if you were trying to introduce some 17-year-old kid to it. I'm not insulting you out there, 17-year-olds. I'm just saying that, you know, patience-wise, they would probably think that a lot of Alien, the first one, is boring. And I don't think that at all. I mean, I drink it up. I mean, it's, like, visually just interesting. There's, like, a bunch of stuff going on, I think, you know, that, that makes right. it cool. But, uh, I mean, the second one, I can see why you would say the second one is, is better. You know, that's just a matter of taste. I think. Game but, over, man! Yeah. But yeah. it, it's also the one that feels the most stuck in its the time it was made. Like when I watch Alien, Alien feels like it could have been made last year, but Aliens mm. feels like it was made yeah. in 1986. I don't know what it is. It's a yeah, hairstyle yeah, or something. Yeah, it feels like an 80s movie, but Alien feels like timeless. Yeah, but when somebody brings up the topic of the movies, the Alien movies, I always think of Aliens first. Like it just comes to my head. That's the first I, I just movie. like the philosophy of just like because I mean like aliens just like when when I think of aliens I just think of the hordes of aliens like the right. hordes of aliens coming at you and an alien you really only got like that one you know and it's like um, that's yeah. why I, that's why I but like that, aliens four on one ship with one alien didn't one of them try to when I can't remember them all I know one of them. Or try to kind of go back to one. the third one. They did the yeah. It was one alien on a prison planet. Yeah, that's why I didn't like three. It's just back to the one alien, back to the whore, and like four went back to like the shit tons of aliens. And I like, I like the shit. The aliens could swim underwater in three, right? And four, in four, in four. <sighs> CG aliens. What then the hell? And they went versus the predator twice. Yeah. Where yeah. are we now? I don't know. Uh, aliens, shit. predators. I don't know. Well, we went back to Prometheus. Oh, right, yeah. Prometheus. Let's right. still ain't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's pretty good. It is, yeah. It's good. Of all of them. The guy, you want to borrow? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but let's go back to Event Horizon. Oh, shit. Event Horizon. <laughs> Which is a lot like, it, there were times where Event, like, pro, like I was reminded of Prometheus in Event Horizon, because it's still sure. got, like, yeah. the same... You know that like it's a. I think the ship in Prometheus is like fucking huge. Yeah. Just like the ship in Event Horizon, it's still like that kind of like. Ever seen the black hole? Is that that Disney film? Yeah, but it has the Cygnus is the name of the ship, but it has that (laughs) on the outside when they go when the profile of the ship it's got like it's like it's all windows or glass with those kind of ribbed sections. It looks just like the middle part. Of the event horizon, there's another thing they ripped off. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if I was to pull up, I'm going to pull up oh, a photo here. Oh, dude, I just had a mind blast of a giant blast. space station in space. It was uh, Moonraker. Moonraker. And it was Event Horizon. That that thing was fucking huge. Yeah, remember the, remember the, the space station in Moonraker was gigantic. Did it I don't look watch like Event ones. Horizon? No, no, no. What the hell are you talking about? Um, okay, well, as long as we're talking about the ship design, I noticed in this movie specifically, like, the exterior, you have these, like, gigantic grand-scale ships. Um, but the inside, you really feel, like, really confined, you know? I mean, they don't... It is captain's chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never really explore too much of the event horizon. Yeah, that ship's really, really big, but they go nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of there. I'm looking at a picture of the ship from the black hole right now. 
Yeah, it's the, just that middle section of the of the event horizon. It it's very like, similar. Yeah. I keep thinking of the I'll give you that. When was that made? Nineteen seventy nine. Oh wow. Okay. What are you thinking of, Randy? I keep thinking of the black hole pinball game. Oh. <laughs> should we do a Should we do a wrap up? Yeah, I think we should probably wrap this up. This should be enjoyable, <laughs> interesting to hear. I guess I gotta go first. <laughs> you do. Um. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I I don't know. I I really didn't like that Horizon. I, again, I mean, I liked it, but. I just thought it was like it was really kind of like, um, well, I guess I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really like it. I thought it was kind of you were entertained. It it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't boring by any means, but the story was very just just I've seen it before, I've seen it done better. Um, it was very just kind of just like. I've seen this story played out a million times before in horror movies and sci-fi movies, and I've seen it done better. And there was nothing unique. There was nothing overly interesting. Um, Where where does it stand on your bar? That is below rain fire. Uh. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's a pass fail with Tom. That's a fail. Uh, we did judge all movies. <laughs> that's that's what we figured out. Yeah. I've done this for years. I was one of the co-creators. He, he helped me create the Rain of Fire skin. Due to the rain, yeah, yeah. We, we recently watched Rain of Fire, and, that's where... and it really is a good judgment of her. Rain of Fire. <laughs> no, no dragons for one. I mean, such a specific movie. Well, it could have been chaos dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think because Event Horizon is such an, a generic film. You're saying you should make that your new bar. No, no. Because no, like Rain of Fire is like specifically super fucking generic. Yeah, it's just fucking super fucking generic. There wasn't anything. There wasn't anything unique. You've seen this stuff done like a million times before. The character designs are like. You know, like from Hellraiser, um, Alien. You know, I just, I don't know. I mean, like, would I recommend it? Not really. I mean, like, you can do, you can find a better movie. Go watch Alien. Go watch Abyss. Go watch, play Dead Space. Fuck hell, play Doom. <laughs> watch Doom. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't watch Doom. what's better Event Horizon or Doom the movie I'm gonna go Doom the movie Jesus that's wow. harsh that's harsh yeah, I'd have to go yeah. back and look yeah, at I've it yeah I've actually I've actually recently watched Doom the movie like a couple, a couple months ago so yeah <laughs> is it on Netflix or something or what yeah that? I think it was yeah. I did that I went back and watched a little bit of, I'm playing the Tomb Raider video game went back and watched a little bit of the Tomb Raider movie oh man that's bad yeah so, yeah yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna say Patch. You can find something better. Um, you know, if you want, if you want this kind of sci-fi stuff, I think there's plenty of other things better than this. Fair enough. Moi, <laughs> Randall. Uh, the horizon to me. I kept thinking it was gonna be something that I remembered, but man, when I come back to see it, like I don't remember it. Very forgettable movie for me, although I remember the concept and the premise of it. 
I just didn't care for much of the cast versus the two main actors that, of course, got the largest pay <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> I think it's a great movie trailer. Like, I, I, when I was watching the movie, I could remember, oh, man, that was shot in the trailer. And that, like, that scene when he's in the computer room now that checking for some microchip and the pans back. I'm like, it was memorable, like some really good camera shots, but overall for a film, yeah, it was, it was below the rain of fire for me. Another below the rain of fire. <laughs> but, you, know, you know, not, not to say that it could have been better, but I know it pulls from a lot of the horror movies, but I, not a super horror fan of knowing all of them, but you know, if you're gonna say aliens or the alien franchise versus Event Horizon franchise, I would want to spend my time in the the alien world a lot more. H.R. Geiger actually created something versus like you can imagine there's some type of hellish dimensional thing, but like sometimes you, if you're gonna do a sci-fi movie, you need to show us something, and they just didn't show that's, any much of anything. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That they, they really, they they don't. I mean, they they allude to it a lot, and you get characters that are there, but you don't actually get to go to hell or chaos or you know wherever we're going. Like you get, wherever the ship. The, the brief moments they gave was just like okay, like. Where's this coming from? Like, who's who saw this? Like, who's where are these images coming from? Is this from what Sam Neill's character, which I can't remember his name, <laughs> is a doctor or something? Weir, Doctor Weir. Weir. Nice, nice pull. <laughs> I remember it was written on his shirt. Yep, he had his own shirt. Yeah, but was he? You know, like you know, I got to thinking like maybe he. What drove him to there to go out there? And I honestly don't know. I think somehow, like, it seems like Heath drove him to go out there because, oh, this is my ship. We need to go out there. I built it. So why did he, what was his force to get out there other than to get people there? And it just Because he's always been the caretaker. <laughs> I guess, but yeah. he should I have mean, been there to begin with. Right. I mean, <laughs> why did he leave? Yeah. <laughs> I got a question for you though. You never do meet the 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 thing that haunts the Overlook Hotel, you know. I mean, you never go to hell or what, you ever even see the thing, you know, that haunts the hotel in The Shining. True. Does that make The Shining worse because you don't get to see like the whatever the specter, the demon, the house doesn't actually come alive and you know? Well, I mean, no. I, I well, this was probably Randy's question. I'm sorry. You can well, just because you said it, because we don't we don't get to see hell. But I'm like thinking, like in these haunted house movies, you rarely get to see like the thing that haunts the house, like until the end. And in that movie, you don't. But you know, but like even when like in early on when the young young bear, baby bear goes through something and then comes back, it's like. Okay, he didn't even remotely show anything where he went to and back. And he didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Oh, he, he did, was, but it was that was the corniest. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like oh, the darkness in my mind. They showed me things I can't even tell you what I saw because the well, writers can't <laughs> fathom it. Like yeah, it's like you, <laughs> yeah. you can't tell us like 
as the creator of the movie, like, it's so, like, he had all these ideas, and I just don't think he had a clue how to really yeah. pull it off to make us feel what he had his ideas for, and that's where it lost me on. But overall, you know, took a couple fireballs, but the Ring of Fire still defeated it. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the box. Still reigns supreme. Put, mm. wait, what box it is lower play? on the DVD pile than Rain of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> or Blu-ray pile. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Yeah, so I've got like a, a story. Actually, it came to me, uh, what we were talking about earlier when, I, when Randy was talking, uh, uh, 2010 has a uh, ship-to-ship coupling scene. Where I think it goes horribly awry, but they use that same kind of like docking. Procedure. The ambulock? Yeah. But then John Lithgow's in it and somehow it gets all screwed up and he has to, yeah. And there was some other movie that, you know, you were seeing, while you were talking, you said something that sparked another idea that Rain of Fire had ripped, or not Rain of Fire, but Event Horizon had <laughs> ripped it off. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think that's the problem with this movie. I've, I mean, I've, I've seen it, this is the third time around. Uh, each time it seems to evaporate eventually from my, like Randy said, it's a, it seems to be forgettable. I don't understand why, because I mean, I'm the audience of this movie, right? I mean, I'm a horror and sci-fi. I mean, I, I eat this stuff up and yet this one just, uh, I think it's, you know, watching it tonight. The story set up, like just the, the intro was so... Well, the the setup I like too much for a sci-fi yeah, but out movie. The 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 premise I like, you know, yeah. it's like I, I I enjoy that part of it. I think it's the execution. It's you know the fact that they, you know, uh, as I was just saying with the kid in the airlock, where he gives like this most generic uh, idea of what he saw on the other side. That's because the writer couldn't figure out what he saw on the other side. It's like just like it was horrible. Okay, because it's a plot device that, you know, they don't really care what's on the other side, and they come up with the most generic idea of what, where the ship has been. Because that's a cool question. It's a a sci-fi movie should explain, sci-fi movies usually go into... Well, there was that explanation, but it was hokey, because I think they, they tried to merge, you know, it's like, you got, like, science fiction, you know, the setup, the ship went... To another dimension and came back where has it been for seven years that's a cool hook but then you when you say well it went to hell that seems like that's the lamest choice that you could have most generic horror movie thing that you could have possibly chose from the bad hell's usually you know? a metaphor <laughs> you know in those times it's like it went right. to hell when play somebody bad in this one, they actually it's say literal, literal yeah, hell. It's like, yeah, come on. So uh, that's they kinda, say it's worse than hell. They're worse than hell. <laughs> it's a hell, it's worse than hell. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I I thought all the... Uh, while I was watching it, you know, it's one of those movies where you sit there going, like, what was the actor thinking when they said yes to being in this movie? Um, because Ouch. I thought, you know, well, I mean, I, I seriously thought, like, Lawrence Fishburne's character is uh, two-dimensional. I mean, all he does is counter you know he runs as antagonist to everything that sam neill suggests and just he's like a hard ass to everybody and that's all he does is bark orders at people that's all he does pretty much you know lawrence fishburne's character and then uh miller miller sorry oh that was what he said yeah and then uh you know sam neill you know yeah sam neill gets to do uh you know a bunch of 
histrionics later on. I don't know, maybe that's appealing to actors. Uh, all the other actors seem to overact. There are two, two moments in this movie where somebody walks in, they're carrying like a tray of something and walk into a room, something horrible is happening, and they throw the tray up or drop it on the ground or like, there goes the coffee cup. And you're like, I've never done that in my life. But everybody in this movie like walks in, oh my god, you know, drops their trays or whatever. And I just thought that was kind of hysterical. You're on a spaceship. That's going to be going somewhere. Right, when there's you know, gravity. You got droids. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought the characterization was bad. Didn't think that the, I mean, you know, when you, you know, sometimes the way you can get out of the movie is like, okay, well, maybe the characterization's bad, but it's got like some awesome set piece or production design but this one seems like it's cobbled together from better movies or it's production design where they built stuff that has no practical function i think as i was saying earlier it's like you know we designed this because it looks cool but you can't figure out like how in the hell it would ever be used or if you were in a situation where you'd need to do something like how this would benefit you at all um so it's just basically there because hey we could design it with circles instead of squares you know it's like that kind of stuff um yeah as a horror movie i think it is unsuccessful because it is not like in the least bit frightening you know i mean a horror movie i mean that's like the thing that you're trying if you're going to do like a ghost story or a, a haunted house movie in space god bless you you know, bring me the scares, and this one, like, doesn't seem to know how to accomplish that, even though they do the prerequisite, you know, like, boo, you know, something tense, there's a ghost all of a sudden, she's got no eye sockets, and she's there, but it has no, uh, no effect, um, and then, uh, oh, there's somewhere else I was going to follow that one up with, but I can't remember what it was, and, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, I think, as Tom was saying, I think, for this type of movie, which being the, you've got a couple of people stranded in a isolated environment you know and you're looking for like the sci-fi version of that so you're looking at either either underwater or in space i think you can do better uh you know through either you know yeah i mean the alien films uh the leviathans the deep star sixes the abysses you know it's like all those i'm not I'm, actually i'm going to take that back because leviathan and deep star six are probably Somewhere in the area of Event Horizon on the <laughs> on the scale of, of movie awesomeness. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to pass on a recommendation for Event Horizon. Is it above or below Rain of Fire on the Tom and Randy scale? Well, see, I actually I like Rain of Fire like quite a bit. I think more <laughs> maybe even than Tom does. Ooh. So that's where yeah, it's Fuck. it's significantly <laughs> below Shanzane. Rain of Fire. <laughs> But I'm sure I'm going to watch it again because I'm going to forget that we had this conversation. Thank God it's been recorded. So now I can just come back and listen to this and go like, oh, that's why I didn't like that movie. So that's I have to right. watch it again. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> like, ouch. It seems like it was the beginning of the decline of Sam Neill's career and the incline of Lawrence Fishburne's career. Yeah, true, because yeah. he did The Matrix like two years after this and hit Pater. Yeah. Sam Neill followed true. this one up with uh, Prime Marlin. What's that? What's mm. that? Sam Neill probably followed this up with Merlin. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that was his, like, downfall. Was, Merlin was, like, was good, though. Merlin was good, but that was a TV movie, so it's kind of... Ooh, he was on a streak of... He did uh, um, In the Mouth of Madness with John Carpenter, and right. he did... Uh, well, he did, you know, Jurassic Park in 94, 
In the Mouth of Madness, and then uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And then I want to say probably this. So Samuel had a, he he a, had a streak. Is he usually villain or uh, he, he alternates? I think. Yeah. yeah. It's like most things I've seen, he's usually the good guy. I think in like it's half and half. Even really. like Daybreakers, he's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. He's Merlin. Fucking Merlin. Yeah. Um, okay, well, <laughs> why, why did I pick this movie? Why does everybody love this movie outside of this room, apparently? <laughs> but, okay, not everybody, but there's a cult following, and that is a, a, a cold, hard fact. And I don't know what it is about this film that makes it a cult following, but I think part of it is scenes, like, which we didn't really touch on, but, uh, okay, when they're getting, you know, their video journal of the uh, blood cannibalistic orgy. Like, they go through this whole thing, like, basically that's, like, what happened on this ship earlier to the first crew. And you see this all on the tablet, and then it stops. And then then there's a beat of silence. And then Larry Fishbaum's like, fuck it, we're getting off this ship. Or something, you know, like, like those great moments. Like, this movie, this movie takes charge. And it really doesn't let go, good or bad. It just goes full bore, um, and I really like that about it. I think that that's you know like I'm like I don't know if that's quite right, but I'm I'm along for the ride. You know, uh, sometimes films will get out of control. I don't think that this one really gets out of control with its concept. Sure, the concept's generic and weak, but I think that it's all. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, huh? see, I mean, I I'm just I'm really curious after watching this because you said this movie, you picked this movie as a direct contrast, as a direct retribution. For Life Force. And, like, I'm trying to compare this against Life Force, and I'm just like, I can't. Well, Life Force, like, just uh, blows it away, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, but I'm Amen, saying... Amen, brother. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm saying, like... What I, just, I just want to know where you were coming from on the Life Force event horizon. I want that right. explanation. I'm going to explain it right, right. now. Okay. Uh, the beginning of Life Force, you'll recall they go to an alien ship and they board it. And they find something on the ship. That's I wanted that movie to continue on that ship. Yeah, you know? if they found an awesome girl with fan- phenomenal <laughs> boobs, that would have been an awesome movie. <laughs> but <laughs> that that movie, like, leave that movie in space. You know, let these vampires put more people on the rescue ship or whatever it is. Yeah, but then and let those vampires the awesome let it take place in space. Undead apocalypse. No, I, I agree. It would be a different film, <laughs> but life <laughs> force. You have to listen to last week's podcast, yeah, yeah, Randy. Yeah. Or you got to watch Life Force, which is available on on the internet. Yep. Um, but uh, I just think that this movie, you know, it it keeps it keeps the chaos on the ship in outer space because, like an under a movie underwater, or you know, even like somebody a castaway stranded, you get the sense of all they have is the ship that they're on. You know, that's their, their that's how they're going to stay alive. There's nothing else out there. You know, basically, all the elements are trying to kill them, including the fucking ship. You know, so now you've got this movie where these people have to survive on the ship that's also trying to kill them, and there's a dude on it that wants to take them all to hell. You know, I mean, like the, all this stuff is going on, and you know, the, the value of human life in this movie isn't 
strong. You know, it's not a high value. You've got, like, what, like, five, six main characters, and, like, three of them are dead in the first half hour, I think. I mean, it's pretty quick when they start killing people. That I don't know. Sure, it's generic, but it's, it's just a fun, fun ride. Um, and it's got dimensional space dimension traveling. It's got space dementia, if you want. It depends on how you look at it. Um, but, yeah, for that, I would put it above Rain of Fire. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I, but I thought you saw you saw Rain of Fire. You like Rain of Fire? I How like, come you dissed Rain of Fire? I like Rain of Fire, but I don't own Rain of Fire on Blu-ray. Uh, that that alone, it's higher on the shelf because I don't even own it. So I'm sorry, but yeah, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna de- defend. All right, <laughs> all right. You are you are entitled to your opinions. That's true. You are entitled yeah. to your opinions. As are you. Everybody's got them, right? And we'd like to hear your opinions, listeners. You can get a hold of us at Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com or on the internets on Twitter at Sat Freak Show. Talk to us. We'd love to hear what you think about this or any other film or uh, you know whatever the hell we've brought up on previous episodes of our awesome internet radio program, which you can find back episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, uh, not iTunes Radio, TuneIn Radio, and PodBay FM, or at our home base at SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com. Come along, won't you, for the time of your life, and next week, uh... Travis, who's not here, has chosen dun, dun, dun. Monster in the Closet. Or Monster in My Closet? Ooh, Monster in the Closet. Monster in the Closet. I think so. It's yeah. a trauma movie. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so, that was Tom. Tune in below, next week. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Tom's going to think of. Maybe, I got a wondering guess. <laughs> maybe it's a classic, a uh, modern classic of cinema. Uh, tune in next week, listeners, to find out what Tom thinks of Monster in the Closet on the next exciting episode of the Saturday Night Freak Show. Uh-huh.